I think I found Bigfoot too. But anyway, hit that music. Okay. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey everyone, it's time for Geocache Talk. We're either at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, what? Or Google Play, or TuneIn, that's a new one as, all, as well, so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and our patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkert, Tom Brotherman, Joshua, the geocaching vlogger, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Teepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, Valena Mahar, Jane Jewell, Memphis Mafia, Craig Michelle, the Geo Gearheads, hmm, Zach Fick, the Deadliest Cachers, Tim Terrell, Neil Moore, Molly, the geocaching dog, D and David Vickery, geocaching Adam, Lori Post, Peter Stepanek, the No Code Geocachers, Paula Hughes, and our new patrons, Ed Shaper and John Langston. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash talk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, coins, hmm, interesting. We'll have to wait and see on that one pretty soon, I think. And other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events only for patrons. And we just had one tonight. So it was very exciting. And um, we have a new GC World Master. What? Who is actually on the show tonight. He won the event. So, Jesse, uh, you're the man tonight. (coughs) Cheater. No, Don't be sad because you were crushed. It's okay. <laughs> Support levels start at as little as $3 a month. Well, let me start by welcoming my co-host, Sydney. Hi, everyone. And Jesse, the new GC World Master. Uh, I'll take that that title. That works. Good evening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Limax had won several weeks, several times in a row, but he lost tonight big time. So Jesse was the winner uh, of the content of our GC world. So, um, well, um, we have an August contest for everyone. Uh, it's going to run really now through August or to the end of August, I should say. Uh, we want to hear how we're doing. So we're asking our listeners to take a couple minutes to go on iTunes and rate the show. 
Leave us some comments about your favorite interviews or what you would like to see more of. This will do two things. It'll help the show out and it'll enter you into a contest to win this, your very own copy of Treasure. Yes, you get your own copy right there. Uh, Rate us honestly. Tell us what you really think. Your chance to win is not tied to how well you rate us. This Unless you rate me poorly, and then it is. <laughs> exactly, right. No, 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 no. This contest will run until the end of August. Well, let's jump right into the show. Show number 60 for Sunday, July 30th, as we welcome Chris back to the show. Welcome back to Geocache Talk. Well, thanks for having me, Gary. I really appreciate it. Oh, you bet. We're so glad to have you on the show. Uh, you know, I, I noticed you hesitated there. I don't know if you're really glad or you <laughs> I am just glad. Have me in the show. No, I'm very glad. Uh, I was jumping into my next statement, as you know, on podcast. You kind of think four moves ahead, I guess. And my next move was to mention the fact that um, I think it's fairly unique to podcasting the fact that we all are sort of get along well, and we all. Uh, support one another and um, you know uh, something that I don't know if many listeners know or understand the fact that we really uh, as all the geocaching podcasts that are out there uh, we're all like one big happy family you know we really are there there I I personally don't feel any competition towards other geocaching podcasts we we're all in this together yeah we're out there to have fun so I think it works great too, um, and I, I don't know if it really was planned that way. Or I, I'm a, you have to tell me if you guys. I know you guys have done because you got gearheads. Since you're on two shows, obviously you can't have them on the same time. But um, I it's think simultaneous shows. Simultaneous it's like talking shows. out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that would be rough. But uh, really, I don't think any shows overlap, which is kind of cool. So you can really listen to every geocaching podcast out there and not miss mm-hmm. anything so oh definitely and you know that's the same with radio shows same with tv shows they tend to be unique enough each one has its own viewpoints that it makes it worthwhile to listen or watch yep you're exactly right um especially for us we all kind of do different things i agree with you um we got a little bit of geocaching news before we get into tonight's topic um we're still in mary hyde so Chris, we'll start with you. How is Mary Hyde going for you? Um, you know, I liked the first week hosting of an event. Uh, there was three of us in the area that we kind of, you know, all jumped in. So we all took part uh, of an event. So one person didn't have to do it all. Right. Uh, and that worked out really well. This week with the coins or travel bugs, uh, it's, it's a little different. I just looked at my email from the weekend and, you know, saw that I, I hosted an event. We went on a hike and I brought some trackables and I found they had been lifted and returned, you know, <laughs> picked up and returned to the event by multiple people so they could get enough points right then and they didn't have to do anything else. And I was like, mm. yeah, okay. <laughs> Personally, I'm not big with the trackables. You know, if I pick them up, they tend not to go back out quickly. So I've just, I, I dropped that. That's my personal um, uh, contribution to geocaching. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't pick up your travel bug, there's a good chance it's going to move on to somewhere else. 
<laughs> if you don't pick it up, there's a good chance. If I don't pick saying. it up, right. If I do pick it up, there's you a do. chance it's going to be in my bag for six months. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, so Jesse and Sydney, what do y'all think? Well, I, I did notice there was an influx of travel bug moving on my new dashboard this week. So I don't know whether that was just people were, you know, we had the big event up here last weekend and I'm sure some people picked up a bunch for that, mm -hmm. but I don't know. It just seemed to be like my whole page was flooded with people picked up this trackable and put it in here. And so yeah. I, I'm, I didn't, I didn't go that route. I just went out and found two yeah. or more caches, which was all I needed. So right. That was easy for me. Jesse. Yeah, it was, uh, we have a weekly uh, coffee event here. So that was the first seven, and there's trackables at the events and stuff like that. So it's hard not to. And uh, I did see it, just like Sydney said, I did see an influx of my trackables had been dropped off and picked up. So I got several of those emails in. Right. Um, nobody's really talking about it as much around here, but there's also a big event. So y you couldn't, you know, there are a lot of people in this area are at, so all of them are automatically going to get what they need out of it. So yeah, that's true. Um, I'm looking forward to next week when it's published where I go, right? Isn't that the next phase? Uh, don't Did I get that wrong? We'll think. see. We'll okay. see. Okay. Stay yeah, tuned. Okay. I just broke the news. That's what it is. I thought it was find a webcam cache or a locationless. <laughs> there you go. Locationless. Oh. A locationless cache. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. Good luck on that one. It'd be hard. Yeah. Um, we, and last week we talked about uh, intercaching and mob caches, and I mentioned about send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We don't hear from enough people, and we still want we still want emails, uh, even after I said that because we got it. We got some, so keep sending those emails. We did. We got some. Uh, I want to mention a couple of them. Uh, one of them was from Joe Bermer. He's a uh, he's Brandy Jack. And um, he was listening to the show, and uh, he wanted to share one of his inner caches with us. And so um, I, um, we have it in the show notes, but uh, it is called Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. Because I guess those are the extra scissors, lizard. lizard Spock. And, uh, yeah, but that one's not very popular around here. That one's not as popular. Okay, great. Um, he, um, it's only been found. It's been found 10 times, but, um, it needs some more finds. So folks get out there and do the intercache, uh, near Joplin, Missouri, uh, with, uh, with on Brandy Jack. So thanks buddy for sending that in. And then, we got another email. Um, I found this one interesting. It's from Nels Anderson, and he went into a little bit of a discussion about Mary Hyde since we were talking about that a minute ago. And here's here's one of his comments. I get y'all's comment on his comment. Competition, whether it be between cashers or between a cashier and a goal, I think it's a good thing. It's it, if handled correctly. While personally I don't care how many caches I have compared to anyone else, I have found that if I don't set a goal or challenge myself, 
I don't really do more. I don't really do much caching. However, if I set a goal of some sort, it keeps me motivated to keep finding caches. I think the Jasmine and Fizzy grid are both clear indications that I'm not alone in this. Uh, as are all the challenge caches out there. I also get motivated for having friends who are motivated to cache, and he goes on from there. So, what are y'all's thoughts on what Nels is saying? I'd say that I agree that even if, for me anyways, even if setting small goals, like to go find a multi-cache or whatever, um, like you said, it keeps you keeps you working towards something and keeps it, you know, less boring in my opinion. Like if you have something you're working towards, then you have a reason to get out there and not just be like, Oh, I have to, you know, I don't feel like going out today or whatever. So Mm -hmm. for me, uh, I'm a big fan of competition. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that, that old saying, if you aim at nothing, you'll, you'll hit it every time. Mm -hmm. I think you have to set goals for yourself. But the important thing to remember is that your goals and my goals and everybody else's goals don't have to be the same. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, like for this Mary Hyde, I haven't been very excited about it because just with me personally and and our family, I would have had to try to not get the goals. Right. It would have been harder for me to not get them than get them. So while it's good for a lot of people and, and it could be a lot of fun for a lot of people, it didn't fit into our style of caching. So I didn't get excited about that. It's not because I didn't like the idea of a competition or setting goals. It's just because it didn't work for us. Right. So I like this comment. And I think it's competition. You don't even have to know anybody else in cash or ever attend an event. If you set your own goals, which may be whatever it is, and you're going after them, I think it'll make it a lot more fun for yourself. Right. Chris, you've been around a while. Is this How does this comment resonate yeah. with you? First off, thanks for calling me old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Memphis Mafia said, you know, it's setting goals for yourself. It's kind of a game within the game. You know, are you going for your Jasmer? Are you going for a fizzy challenge? Or, you know, is it just, hey, I want to get this old cache nearby. I want to get the first cache in, you know, all the uh, the counties I've been in. You know, whatever you're looking for there. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. I agree. Uh, I think that's something that we... We talk about and something that I think we um, we we try to emphasize, and I, I as a as a big positive, and we all we are big big proponents of the fact that in geocaching you can approach it so many different ways that I think you could really, I mean, in my opinion, you could never really get bored with with the sport because you can sort of reinvent what you're doing. If you wanted to just go find, well, it depends on your time and effort and all that kind of stuff as far as how far you travel and all that. But what if you want to just go find virtuals? I know there's not a lot of them, but still, you could have an adventure just going out and finding virtuals all over the country or all over the world. Um, challenge caches, of course, are big, um, which is kind of, as we talked about, it's another show. Uh, the whole thing about you know, what are they doing with it now? They kind of brought it back and then I don't know what the, the status of it of late because we haven't really gotten a lot of update. We haven't gotten any update really since the, it came back, but there's different ways you can do the sport. And I think that's really a big benefit to the sport. So it does really change for each cashier over time as well. Like you said, reinvent right. what you're doing. 
Right. I know they have for us, and I'm sure for y'all too as well. Even the old person that you called out, I'm sure his goals have changed over time since you Se- called him old. Seasoned. Uh, old is a seasoned. bad term. Seasoned. seasoned. He's a veteran. He's been around. Been out. Most people, unless you're just like one of those big time, top of the world numbers hounds, your goals change from year to year or season to season or whatever. Yeah. So. That's something we've we've talked about as far as um, like for you like you talking about Jesse you you guys once you got to a certain level of I mean not that you had to change you could keep doing exactly the same thing if you wanted to but when you got to a certain level of of fines you kind of like well what else can we do what what's another thing we can do to kind of you know change it up a little bit maybe and that's why y'all went over you know went and got your Jasmer completion and Fizzy Grid different things like that so that's kind of cool. And it's also good that you can set like kind of out there goals. Like I want to find a cache in all 50 states. That's mm-hmm. one of my goals, but who knows how long that's going to take me. That's going to take years, if not decades. But then there's like smaller goals. Like this year I want to find you know, 50 multi caches or whatever it is. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but the, th- the good thing about what you're talking about, Sydney, is the fact that, if you know that you're wanting to do that, for example, uh, we always try to find the oldest cache in a state. And so when we were at MOGA, of course, we looked around and said, well, what's the oldest cache in Missouri? Oh, it's not very far away. Well, let's go grab it. I mean, that's kind of one of those kind of things where you can kind of uh, look for opportunity, sort of be opportunistic cachers looking for certain goals. Jasmine is another one that I know everybody you know, tends to, I think it's a good one to do as far as know what's around you or know where, know what, know where they are so that if you're around them, you can go, go grab them. So, um, yep. yep. All right. Well, let's get into the can't miss Northwest caches and Chris, I want to start off a question for you before we kind of get into, we're going to bounce back and forth between, caches that you want to talk about and we're going to also talk about just in sort of philosophy i guess of when you're up in that area how can how would you approach coming up there and so um i guess that's uh, let's start with that so um i'm going to fly up there say i'm flying into seattle how how do i approach it well, what should i do you know Gary, there's so many different ways people cache. That's a tough question to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, based on favorite points, the geocaching headquarters is a place to go. Right. It's you know the most favorited cache in the world. Um, up here, we have what we call the triad. We have geocaching headquarters, the original stash, and the ape cache. And you know you can get those in one day if you really work at it. You know, it's probably an eight-hour day. It's not, and it's not impossible, but uh, it does take a little bit of planning. Now, on the triad, you can get the, the like, and we're going to call it now, it's like the original triad um, pretty soon, as soon as the Ape Cache is published. Uh, now, as far as you know, and the last I heard, you know better than I, so I, we need your update on this. Is it going to go live at the at the at your at the mega event that's what i understand so that is august 19th it's coming up here you know yeah a couple of weeks away and yes that's my understanding it will go live there at the event i know uh the lackeys 
and the Washington State Geocaching Association have been up to the site and, you know, looking for ways to secure the cache so it doesn't go missing again. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's going to be exciting. I mean, I found the original ape cache there, so I don't need the icon, but there's a big pent up. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, desire within the geocaching community to get that ape icon. Oh, and yeah. they'll be able to do it again. So, Without going to Brazil. Which exactly. Which is a whole other show and a whole other story, which would be cool. Which should make it worthwhile to go to do it just for that. I like Jesse's comment before the show. He's like, well, I got to get both of them now. <laughs> I have to get all the ape icons. All the ape icons. Boy, can you imagine some... I mean, I wonder who has... Cause when they were all over the world, there was the 13 of them. I wonder if anybody found like two or three of them and then didn't think twice about it, you know, but they were scattered, very scattered around the world. Uh, yes, the they were caches. scattered around the world. Um, and I don't think they had the impact when they first came out that this is iconic. You mm-hmm. know, we have to get these while they're here. Um, now that, you know, there's only two left in the world. Now, you know, we look at it and go, oh, we've got to protect this. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it was so early, 2001, that geocaching just started. I mean, well, pretty much exactly. it was in its right. infancy. So, um, so finding finding headquarters is is obviously big, but mm-hmm. um, from what I understand, you know, it. it, it, it it's it's fun to go to, but you, you don't really you're not going to end up spending a lot of time at, at headquarters, right? You can no. kind of plan for a short time. You, okay. Yeah, you could be in and out in half an hour. You know, you could spend okay. all day there. Um, sure. You know, if you spend all day, you're going to be sitting around a lot. But right. you know, it's it's a lobby to a business. Right. Really is what it is, right? Yeah. Yes, there's there's a an iconic geocache there with a bunch of trackables in it. Uh, there's a store to buy things. You know, there's screens mm-hmm. that show geocaches being found you know, in real time. Um, but you know, you can look at things and be done in half an hour if you want to. Okay. And then, um, this is kind of gets back into the planning. It's like, if you had, it's kind of like anything. If you have a day, here's what you should do. If you have three days, um, obviously if you had plenty of time, you would suggest catching a lot of the geo tour, the headquarters geo tour. You or? know, I want to say there's ten caches in the headquarters geo tour, and you know they've got a ton of favorites. It is a good variety of cache okay. types. It's a great introduction to the sport. Um, there's some that you know they've worked with uh, the building owners and made it really quite unique. I've done a couple and go, wow, that's a terrific hide. Right. Uh, other ones, they're you know pretty standard hide. So sure. It's a good introduction to the different types of caches that are out there. Okay. Um, I know she you didn't put the gum wall on your list. Is that? I personally haven't found it yet. I oh. tried a couple of times. It's been too busy. You know, when you're down there with you know, fifty oh, other yeah. people standing around, I'm not willing to put in a, a huge search. <laughs> And, you know, when you're down there, oh, hey, there's a cache here. We should go looking for it. This is one that you actually have to prepare for ahead of time because I'm not willing to touch hundreds of pieces of gum to see if that's a cache or not. Oh, come on. Of, of pre-chewed gum, let me specify. Yes. Well, <laughs> but the cache is not. Cache is plastic, I think. So exactly. I don't understand. Just go up, walk up and just grab the cache grab and it. sign the yeah. log and move on. Is Have it you- one of those fake gum caches? Yes. 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 Oh, have you boy. ever found a fake rock in a field of rocks? 
Oh yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, this that's the same idea here. Same idea. Well, <laughs> and the, now what would be interesting is since they just cleaned the gum wall not too long ago. This is gross, gross talk tonight, but they cleaned the gum wall not long ago. If he put is the cash back, which yes, been, the cash has been returned. So that's about a year ago. So yeah. there probably isn't as much gum. Well, maybe I, I take that yeah, back. There, there probably is. is. There is. Okay. Yeah, there is. The cash was still down when I was out there, so I didn't get to find it. Yep. But there's already a, lot, already a lot of gum back on the wall. Oh my. Oh my. And that okay. was April of last year, maybe, or right after they had washed it. Yeah. Can you imagine pressure washing? You know, inches of gum off a wall. Ugh, that's crazy. You know, there there are a couple of convenience stores right there, and I'm sure they make their profit each month by selling gum. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. How much gum do you have to sell to make a profit? No, right. I know exactly. Uh, <laughs> Break we can pay our rent by selling gum. Huh, there you that's go. a great idea. That's a new business model right there. <laughs> It's, uh, it's a very minty spell, smelling alley, too. <laughs> that, I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Ugh, ugh. All right. Um, well, let's continue talking Washington caches because this is uh, we'll get we're going to get to some other states because the Northwest is, you know, not just, you know, Washington. We've got Oregon. We've got, you know, uh, Canada. We'll talk about those in a second. But let's let's finish with Washington real quick. Um, so you mentioned a couple here. Carrie. Viewpoint Park. Uh, briefly tell Let us about that Let me ask you, one. have yes. any of you ever watched the TV show Frasier? Yes. 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 You know that iconic view out his window? Yes. That's Cary Viewpoint Park. Ah. Huh. Ah, now it makes sense, right? It's one of those, it is a great shot of the city of Seattle. The Space Needle is dead center there. Right. Um. You know, I, I, it's, it's Seattle kind of at an odd angle. It's not, you know, the Seattle you see from I-5. So it gets you at a different angle. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. You go there on a clear day and you think, boy, this is the only place on earth I'd want to live. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, a lot of favorite points that you, you did mention. You've got 572 favorite points. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, then you've got um, one. The cash that shall not be named. The cash that we should not name. If you watch Cashing in the Northwest, <laughs> if you want the show to end, you mentioned GCD. But on this exactly. show, we're okay mentioning GCD because this okay, is a good show. We're good. Sorry, uh, it's drilled into my head. We can't talk about it. Geocache, which Wasn't is. Wasn't that a great name? Yeah, what a great name. Well, yeah. hey, you know. Um, Look up GCD, and you'll find that that is uh, obviously one of the oldest caches. Um, and I will reference—I uh, referenced the book um, on the show once in a while. This is the book: Two Hundred One Geocaches to Find Before You Die. Hey, that's a great title. Does that look good. Look at yeah. that guy on the front of that book, huh? 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 <laughs> okay. Anyway, GCD. I tell mentioned. you, I'm not on the cover. Of <laughs> But, well, you have to write your own, and that's how you get on the cover. Oh, there you go. that's what I'm missing. That's what you got to do, man. So uh, this one was hidden June of the year 2000. Yes. You know, that's, that's one of the things that makes it special. Uh, if you're going to the APE event, typically they have a, I don't know, let's say a 6 o'clock meetup at a trailhead to go up and hike to GCD. 
So how, f- you how can, far is that? How far is that trek? Do you think from the, the trailhead? The trek killed me. <laughs> um, that that was the most strenuous hike I've been on. I uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was the altitude? The uh, uh, that that one was tough. Can you get any closer before you go up the check? Can you can you cheat? No. You can't drive any closer. Okay. No. Um. So I can't. It's a. I want to say it's only a seventeen hundred foot elevation gain, which doesn't sound that much, but it mm. was at the time. Uh. So and I want to say it's a two mile hike or three mile hike. So you know it's pretty steep up there. Uh, yeah, and it's an old cache. So it's right near where they hold the ape event. Typically, they meet at six o'clock, and you're down the hill again by ten, just in time for the start of the ape event. Okay. Yeah, my note in the book, and there's the picture of the GCD. Uh, southeast of Seattle, Washington is our latest is our last geocache name. Geocache. It was it's number thirteen on the list, by the way. That's interesting. Uh, the top twenty oldest caches. It's number thirteen mm-hmm. currently. It'll keep moving up the list over time, as you know. Uh, again, don't let old GC codes freak you out. Enjoy a hike up the flanks of Mount Margaret mm-hmm. in the Cascade Mountains near Snoqualmie. Help me Snoqualmie. out. Snow, I got pretty close. Still yeah. call me, Snow Matt. Call pass. Me. Yeah. Uh, to the oldest active cache in Washington State with the only remaining three-digit GC code. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. There are various approaches, and, but the most common route to this cache starts at the Mount Margaret Trailhead. Go ahead. I was going to say, there you go. And it's not a glorious hide. It's an ammo can and a stump. But the but the the the, the hike up probably is cool. Oh, the hike up is beautiful. You get some great views of the surrounding mountains. You can see Rainier at a couple of viewpoints there for Mount Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the hike up is beautiful. If you survive. If you survive it, yes. Yeah. Uh, I did. Yeah. You yeah. Made it's it. definitely one of the list for our next trip out there. Yeah. We didn't oh. get to get it last time we were out there. See, now, you, Jesse, you'll probably just jog up there. <laughs> probably will, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> he's got new brand new hips he's like a bionic man now he can just right. leap up there like like lee majors yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. i'm sorry i grew up on the six million dollar man i can do we did too <laughs> yes we can I think that was my bill for my hips in fact six million dollars six million dollars <laughs> that was it did you have the action figure where you could look through the eye yeah, I asked them if they could put in Wi-Fi, and they just laughed at me. I don't huh. know. Something about the painkillers I was on. So. Huh. Very odd. <laughs> at least Bluetooth. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next one is uh, by a fellow named Goblin Dust. So tell us about Goblin Dust caches real quick. If you're in the area, you absolutely have to do a Goblin Dust cache. They're gadget caches. Mm. Uh, there is one on the headquarters geotour. It's a telephone booth. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. You know the one, right? I'm familiar with that one. I don't know where he gets telephone booths from, but he's got two or three caches that are telephone booths. Uh, the one that I mentioned here is Johnny Island's throne room. It's a porta potty. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Any idea where the cache would be? Uh, don't tell me. Uh, wait, I don't wait. Know if I want to know. Wait for it. Wait. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just asking if you know. Um, it's very unique, uh, very high tech. I'll say that way. Uh, you just don't open the door and go in. There's a process to getting the door to open. Oh, cool. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. 
Um, GC57ZJR. They'll always be in the show notes, but I just want to mention it if you want to play along at home. Um, interesting. So now, um, kind of like any of these caches, these are all the, you know some favorites you mentioned, but um, how far... Is this Seattle area or is this another this is part of Washington? Of Seattle. If you were going okay. to the original stash from Seattle, oh, there you, you go. Driving right by it. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, 40, it's probably an hour south of Seattle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Lots of webcams, too. An oddly high number of webcams in the area. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a shame that uh, you can't do new webcams. So there are some. There's a webcam up in Seattle I have yet to actually claim. You've got to wait for the camera to be pointing in the right direction to claim it. Mm -hmm. And every time I go up there, it's pointing the wrong way. Ah, so, and you can't, you can't move it. Oh, man. No, you, it moves at certain times, and I haven't been able to figure out the pattern. It, it's probably early morning when, you know, I'm just not willing to move. I just looked it up, and there's 11 of the 117 caches of uh, webcam caches still active in the U.S. or in Washington State. So about 10% of them. There you mm -hmm. go. Wow, that's amazing. Nice. Very cool. Uh, last Washington cache actually is in the is in the book as well. Is it really? It's in the book. Look, check it out. It's a geo hey. post office in Bellingham, Washington. So, now I just found this one a couple of weeks ago. So we talked about this, and I was like. Chris, have you found this one? He's like, I'm going to go find it. <laughs> you know, it's got, uh, what, 203 favorite points. Right. Um, what is ironic is, you know, we drove to it. And, you know, you know how sometimes yeah, approaching a geocache, you go, well, no, I would go this way. We went the wrong way. Oh, no. And so we had to walk around the block. And there was a gal out working in her yard, weeding and such. And I looked at her and go, boy. She looks familiar. Huh. Well, you know, it could just be. Uh, turns out I had seen her the week before at a geocaching event. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why you look familiar. Seriously? How crazy is that? Exactly. And she owns the cache. Oh, so when, wow. you, when you open the cache, uh, it sends an email out that, hey, the cache has been opened. And so, you know, the, the owners can come and see you if, if they happen to be right there. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. It, so you need Wi-Fi or Bluetooth to get the password to open the lock to get into the cache. There's a camera in there to take a selfie. And, of course, it's a travel bug hotel. So yeah. it, really quite cool. And That's it's awesome. a letterbox hybrid on top of that. <laughs> yes. It's um, it's a full-service geo post office, Canada-bound travel bug suite, U.S.-bound travel bug suite, Swag exchange, passport photographer, uh, cancellation stamp, which I've got in my book right there. It's the cancellation there stamp. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, it also, like you said, has a wireless beacon component to blow your mind even further. A must bucket list letterbox. So cool. I'm glad you got to go do that one. So one of us has been there to see it. Now we all need to go get it because it's on the bucket list. I mean, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Exactly. So uh, as you're leaving Seattle and going up to Canada, to British Columbia, it's an easy stop on the way up. Cool. 
This gives a good segue to we're gonna, we're not going to talk a lot about Canada because I've been told I'm not we're not allowed to. Lane Monkey has put his foot down. Oh, I'm definitely talking about Canada. Just because Lane <laughs> Monkey said we can't. We know so much about Canada, you know. So, oh, Canada. Oh, oh, Canada. I see what you did there. You, you uh, know how we got their name, right? So technically, Uh-oh. though, that you'd be how oh. they got their name, Canada. Yeah, Is, no. they put all the letters into a hat. They pulled them out: C A N A D A. I like it. Wow, <laughs> good stuff. Oh, that's all well, I got. Come on, thanks for the courtesy laugh, guys. It I was great. That. Well, you know, Johnny nothing Carson. with a good Canada joke. <laughs> Johnny Carson had Ed, Ed, Ed McMahon, so we have to, you know. Um. Well, that's technically caching in the Southwest, but um, that's still Northwest of North America. Okay, there you go. That's I like how you explain that because um, that would be on people's list if they went to the Northwest, if they flew into Seattle, and we're going to go geocaching. What? Mm-hmm. I, I, and without, I mean, we don't have time for, you know, that's a whole other show, but. Chris, if we were to fly up there, and I know Jesse did this, so he can kind of comment as well from his perspective as a uh, non-native to the area. But um, is it is it doable to fly up and run over to Canada and grab a cache? Yes. Okay. What what all um, in basics ba- in basics terms? What all is entailed in doing something of that nature? You need a passport. Okay. That's about it. Time? You know, the, How much time is another thing, too? I need so, to... from Seattle, it's probably hour and a half to the border. Okay. You know, there's lots of websites that's going to tell you that there's multiple crossings up there, right? You've got the regular crossing there at the Peace Arch. You've got a truck crossing. A little farther down, you've got another crossing. So, there are multiple ones. And look on a website, and it's going to show you the traffic. Okay. Right? So, I typically go to the ones that say under five minutes. You know, I'm sitting behind one other car. I drive up. I show my my new passport card. Ooh, have you seen these? Yes, yeah. I've seen them, but I don't have one. I just have a regular passport. Uh, you know, a- answer a couple of questions. Why are you here? Do the people know you're coming? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, drive across. And if you want to, from uh, I-5, as soon as you get through border security there's kind of a, a rest stop a store right there there's a cache right there the virtual there's a virtual and a physical hmm. so you could you know turn around and be back out of the country in five minutes but but i want tim bits so i gotta stay a little longer you gotta go that. a little farther to get tim bits okay yeah yeah they're, they don't sell tim bits at the border <laughs> you're but gotta you be know, kidding I me bet, i bet they would let you into the country if you say your primary reason was to get tim bits no, please come on in. <laughs> yes, I just, give me Tim Hortons donuts, and I can't believe they're not at the border, Canada. I'm disappointed yeah. in you guys. That you know that they should give you a Tim bit as soon as they determine yes, you're worthy to come into the country. Here's a Tim bit. Here's if a you, little shot of maple syrup to go with it. Good luck. Right. If you know what a Tim bit is, they should have them right there for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that though the best way to geocache if you were to go to Canada? With Tim bits, yes. With Tibbets, yes. Um, would you? What's? What would you say is the? Would be a preferable way to find quality 
across the border geocaches. Do you take a boat to another part of? Do you go to Vancouver? How do you, you know, how do you approach that? I personally haven't been to Vancouver geocaching. I was there before caching. Um, but no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't been to Vancouver or uh, Victoria Island. Uh, now, there are some great caches. I I surprised the land monkeys and went to an event and got there early. And I looked on the app and said, okay, show me the most highly favorited cache. And it was, you know, 10 minutes away. Let's go get it. It's called the chicken channel. Okay. It, uh, like the name. There's a spot there where it's a TV in front of a chicken coop and you turn the dial and it drops feed in there and the chickens come running. So you watch the <laughs> chickens within the TV. Now that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, and of course there are others. The last right. trip up to Canada, we did a couple of the gold country caches. Now, if you've listened to Caching in the Northwest, we've had Terry Hadwin in from the uh, from Gold Country. And this is a series of now 150 caches. And, you know, as you do the different series, you're given coins and such. And they are in fantastic locations and well-maintained. It's it's very good cache series to do. Oh, very cool. So I would suggest the gold country caches. Now, some of that can take you all the way to the top end of BC. And if you know well, anything about right. Canada, you mm-hmm. know, their provinces go from top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be a lot. You know, um, Je- so Jesse, what I know you had an event there, what, uh, which is kind of a smart thing to do if you're traveling is to send an event out where you're going to be. But what, what was y'all's approach to Canada? We, um, so we, of course, we did the event and, and our real approach to it, because we didn't know much about Canada or really, you know, because everything there is in metric. So it's not real, you know, it's all magical distances and stuff. So I didn't know how to get around. Right. So we hosted the event and Land Monkey showed up and decoded everything for us. Oh, there so he you told go. us all the great places to go and all the caches. And um, we got one of his caches and, of course, a where I go are up there. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked to him about you know how to get around the areas and, and what are the best and Granville Island, Vancouver, and those, and because uh, we weren't doing, we weren't really heavily caching while we were up there. That day was more of a family vacation, oh, okay. so we had to kind of determine what's actually going to take time, what can we get in and out quickly, and um, which is always good. And then you know, are we going to be anywhere near a webcam or where I go or any of the other types we wanted to try to get while we we're there? So, right. um, any any long drawn out four mile hikes were out, so <laughs> four hour right. hikes were out, so. It was more of a family vacation, which changes every time you travel, right? Oh, absolutely. So, well, in, yeah. The uh, one he did tell us about was a hike, but we were able to get, we were talking about it before the show, was that uh, the oldest one in, in British Columbia. So it worked for some challenges, you know, the, like the oldest in the state. It worked for the oldest in the area there. And uh, it was just in a beautiful area and it had been there for a long time, in Mokan, out in the woods kind of deal. So we hit the highlights anyway. Got a few earth caches. Land monkey wouldn't let us out of the event unless we promised to go get some earth caches in the area. So <laughs> that's <laughs> but, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do it that way, get into a brand new area, not knowing what to go for. And if you have an event, you can get the highlights from them. So right. All right. Well, let's jump back down to. We're leaving Canada now. We're leaving Washington. We're going down to Oregon. Uh, so, 
you have a, uh, a small list of, of uh, ones that you just can't miss. Um, mm-hmm. One is the original stash tribute plaque. Now, people that don't know about this, kind of maybe explain about this a little bit. Well, we've already mentioned it. It's part of the Northwest Triad. This is the original stash. This is where the original stash, where Dave Ulmer hid the uh, bucket full of goodies uh, right after selective availability was turned off. Yep. And, of course, that's not there, but somebody put a cache out there, and ironic, well, not ironically, uh, obviously, uh, you put a cache at the uh, original location after the original, of course, stash was, right. was taken away. You're going to get a lot of favorite points. And the other thing that's interesting about this is that they actually put a plaque in the ground, mm-hmm. which is a which is fabulous that they that somebody did that. I don't know. Do we know who was that Oregon that did that, or was it geocaching.com? I don't know who actually put the plaque out there. Uh, I I just interviewed the guy a couple of months ago on my oh, did podcast, you? and I'm trying to come up with his name. And I can't that's okay. <laughs> so so wah, some dude some dude got permission and got and got it put out there. So yes, exactly. It is on the corner of somebody's property. Uh huh. Um, here we go. It it happens to be episode 202 of Caching in the Northwest. Oh, if wow. You're there we go. No, that's okay. We let you plug your show. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> let's see. Why are you looking? It's Team 360. Okay. We did it. Um, and again, they he just went out and thought, you know, I, w- I want to put a plaque there because you know, when you drive up to it, you're like, oh, oh, that's it. It's just a pull out on the road. You right. know, it's not this shrine, you know, not set back in the woods as you see the picture. It's like, you know, if you're not careful, you could park on it. Right. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no garden. There's no, no. Um, there's no big parking lot with uh, people selling tchotchkes. And, uh, right. There's smash- not the, you know, roadside attraction signs leading up oh, to it. No smash penny yeah. machine out there. Nothing like oh, that. those are the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sydney's like, wow, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a but great that, idea. Go ahead. Yeah, but Dave Ulmer was there. Yeah. Uh, when he hid the, or when he didn't hide, when he uh, sunk the plaque there into the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, he got, yeah. He not only yeah. buried the cache there at one time, but he mm-hmm. helped bury the plaque into the ground. That's right. awesome. Right. Um, obviously, has a lot of favorite points. Uh, Jesse's found it. Mm-hmm. Sydney, yeah. Sydney has found it. No. No way, man. I haven't yeah. even been to the Northwest. Oh, He's drooling over finding it. I tell you what's worse than that, Sydney, is I've been to that area of the country and didn't go do that. So that's like geocaching regrets. But that's another show in a couple of weeks. So. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, Gary, when, let me know when you're coming and I'll okay. drive you there. Oh, sweet, man. That's awesome. Wow. Chauffeur and everything. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Awesome. Um, but uh, you do have to pay for gas. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. That I that I can do. Uh, um, then there's one called the unoriginal stash. Now this is interesting. Um, I've I got it listed as one of the most popular because it is as far as yes. favorite points. But um, talk a little bit about the unoriginal stash and how, I mean. Well, if you great, look at the the GC code, it's GC ninety two. So that's a two digit GC code. It's really you know, old, but it's, it's not really the original. Old. But it's well, not. Be- it's not even the it's not even the tribute. It's just another cache in the area, right? Is exactly. That right? Okay. Um, it was actually hidden because 
you know, the original stash was just put on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, he took one and hid one as close as he could, you know, to make it, um, to bring you to the spot, not claiming to be the original stash by any means. He's the unoriginal stash. <laughs> right. But it's as close as you could uh, successfully hide a geocache there. It is the seventh most favorited geocache in the U.S. If you take all, of, but that's there's a caveat. If you take all the HQ Geo tours and put them in as one, mm-hmm. then that's like one. If we make that one cache, then the the list is uh, favorited is headquarters, the original stash plaque, Mingo, which is in Kansas, HQ Geo tour. I had put them all in one because it was there was just too many of them. Yeah, it throws off. The view of a the view of an honest man. That's in uh, that's uh, Lincoln Memorial, and then the unoriginal stash is number seven. So, that's it's just the most favorited. We're not saying it's the greatest stash, uh, greatest cash in the world, but it's near. It, yeah, before the plaque was there, it was you know closest to the location. Right. Uh, in fact, that entire road has some very highly favorited caches. There are some very good geocaches right. going down the road to um, the original stash. But it's in such a great area. I mean, we, we can't we can't knock that. that no, it's not. It, you know, it's not its fault that it's in a beautiful area of the country. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, next is GC twelve. So talk. I a like bit to about put GC twelve and GC seventeen together. Okay. Uh, there, it's about a three-hour hike to do both of them, and that's going to be my next big hike. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to decide if I should do it this year or wait until you know July of next year to put an event together and go grab these two. Uh, again, four-digit GC codes. These happen to start with the number one, so you know, very old. Uh, in fact, GC twelve is older than GCD because uh, GC12 is what, five? Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, May 2000 and 17 is, um, let me do my month there, July 2000. So these are old caches. Yeah, what's weird too about the cache uh, names is that they're in, they're in, <laughs> so geocache seven slash 21 slash 00 is the name of... I, GC I think they 17. Were both, both originally called Geocache. Oh, were they? And somebody renamed <laughs> yeah. them a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So GC12 is 512 of 2000. So, yeah. yeah, I guess that was smart. Uh, so, that's a good idea is to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to co- do a little combo platter on those two. Um, combo platter. Now, I love it. Did, uh, Jesse, how many, did you get to go down there? I know you went down and got the plaque, but did you. I didn't get to get GC12 now. Okay. I still have to go back and get that one. Yeah. No, that's a – so 12 and 19, you're saying, Chris, are – 17. Oh, 17, I'm sorry. Are, 12 uh, and 17. 12 and yeah. 17 are um, about three – plan for a three-hour hike, you think, I, for I a think regular so. person? Yeah, okay. I was just talking with people this weekend about it. You can, you can drive to within uh, less than a mile of GC17. But then you have to so hike to twelve a little bit. You, well, you could you could drive around and probably oh, get okay. that close again. But you know, why not hike a trail, get some more caches in between? That's true. Yep, that's a good idea. 
Um, and then uh, you mentioned Astoria Column. Tell this us is a virtual Astoria. cache. Okay. Yeah. So Astoria is right at the northwest corner of Oregon, just across the river from Washington State. Okay. Astoria is a great little town. There's been a couple of cash machines there. Um, you know, lots of caches in the town. This is a virtual, and you know, you, you it's a tower. So think, um, oh, I forgot it. What's the tower there in San Francisco at the top of the hill? Signal Beacon Hill. Oh, Signal okay. Hill. Yeah. Um, very the the column is very similar to that. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, it's a virtual cache. So I hiked all the way up to the top, climbed all the stairs up to the top, <laughs> and I look at the the GPS then and said, oh, that, that's it. That's all you have to do to claim this cache. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. There's no picture. There's no get a date from this. It's just go to the top. Like, well, that's it's... kind of odd. Then again, but... it's, you know, it's one of the older virtuals, so... It is old. I mean, the GC 1901. I mean, it's uh, 2000. That was the year it was placed. Yeah. Well, 1901. Yeah. There you go. Way back in the old days, when all you had was a wooden GPS to work from. Well, you, you had a you know pin in a splinter of wood floating in water. There you go. Then you would use that uh, called a compass back then, I think, Chris. Um, oh, sorry. I, is this I the one where you, uh, you throw the airplanes off? You could. Because I think geocaching vlogger was at something that seems very similar to this, and you could like buy the little model airplane, and then you throw it off the top. Well, I missed that. I didn't see any airplanes dropping at me when I was walking up to it. But Well, you could have done that. You were just there. Now, when were you there? Long ago. Uh, long ago, yeah. Long ago. We've, we, uh, you were seasoned. No, you oh, were, you were, let me tell you, Sonny. You, you were a young geocacher back then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very old virtual. Um, that's really cool. But, uh, again, yeah. uh, you know, most of these caches have so many great things around them as well. But we're just hitting the highlights, folks. Just the highlights. Exactly. You know, it, just skimming the surface today. Yeah. If you're in the area, you got to go see the uh, the column there. Cool. At, uh, at Astoria. Astoria Three. also has some uh, World War II bunkers. And, oh, wow. You know, we were worried about a Japanese invasion, so we built artillery bunkers facing the sea. And uh, it's you can walk through them now, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to walk through that. You know, these big mm -hmm. World War II era bunkers, and of course there are geocaches in them. Who knew? Wow. What a great idea. Yeah. Wow. wow blew my mind. That's, that's an awesome. No, it is a great idea. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sydney, you're right. It says in the, the cache description, the climb to the top is not for the week. It's about 200 steps up, but the views are well worth it. Also, you can purchase a wooden airplane glider from the gift shop and launch it from the viewing deck. Well, there you, you know. go. I, I missed that somehow. You need to go so back now and I've got to go that. do it again. And that's right. You got to do the whole thing again. <laughs> Go go resign the lock. Two people DNF this cash. What? I I know. I, I, that's what? a whole. That's a whole other DNF show too. I, that's a whole other show again, Chris. We don't have time tonight. Maybe uh, they went there and the tower <laughs> was closed for the day, or the column was closed, and you maybe, couldn't go up. It wasn't there, you go. there. There you go. It can happen. You can DNF a virtual. You can. The sign can be moved. You know, a lot of me have to get information off a sign, and they're moved sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, we almost did that on a multi. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Jess and I almost had to DNF a virtual, but the at least the virtual <laughs> owner fixed the info so we could at least claim it because the the monument is gone. It is flat out gone. But he left the virtual alive uh, at that spot. Uh, you said to you know answer his questions and you were good to go. But all right, so let's. So Northwest, we're going to be a little loosely. We're going to we're going to use that term a little little more looser for for a minute here. We're going to talk about an Idaho cache. Now Idaho is part of the Northwest. Okay, it, it clearly was the tri-state area there. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll, we'll accept it. I'll allow it. My absolute favorite place to go in Idaho is Craters of the Moon. It's a national monument. You know, you you go there. It's it's lava fields. And they're black and you walk out and you go, this is unlike anything I have ever seen. Sounds cool. Uh, you know, I suggest you take sturdy shoes. They mm -hmm. have what they call aha lava. Oh, that's, that's some rough will, lava. Yep. Yeah. Which will shred uh, rubber tennis shoes. Yep. It's, it's sharp stuff. So I suggest you take a good uh, pair of hiking boots with you. And, you know, there are lava tubes that you can go through. You know, they start at one end and they'll pop out at the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, such a foreign landscape that I really enjoy it. It's kind of like some some of the spots in Hawaii that mm -hmm. I know you, Chris, you and I both have been to. We've been fortunate enough to been, be, be uh, available to go to Hawaii, and that was great. Well, I've been to Hawaii. I haven't been to a volcano in Hawaii, oh. so I, I have to go back. you got to go back, man. That's awesome I was stuff. on uh, Kauai, the, yes. the Garden Island. Yes, there, no, there are very few volcanoes there. No active ones there. It is, right. but not active. Yes, um, but that's an Earth cache, mm -hmm. Sydney. Yeah, in Idaho, huh? In Idaho. Yeah. See, it's closer to you. A little. Yeah. <laughs> From Sydney's house right now, she is like two days away driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done Ohio to Washington in a day and a half. That's a lot. That's a lot. Straight through. Yeah, it was a medical emergency. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so you can do it, but you know, I didn't say I enjoyed it. That's rough. <laughs> rough. That's closer to that's closer to Colorado. I mean, Jesse yeah, could pop, pop up to Idaho. You have and I've actually never <laughs> cashed in Idaho. But you got to, man. You're not far away, right? Well, it's, you're still you're still a ways. Yeah, about nine hours or so to the very tip. Right. Um, but I, I have a cache on my list to go get Idaho. It's a 5-5 five, five hike up there. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. Sneak up in the edge of it and get it. Yes. Nice. Where's that one we talked about that one day that um, you have to repel into? Is that in Idaho? Oh, well. I'm getting sidetracked. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, There's that's Utah. That's Utah. Um, there you go. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It's... um. That's a few hours away, too. So out here in this part of the country, it can be right over the border and still be seven or eight hours away. So Yeah, exactly. States State, are much larger. States much larger out that way. Getting three states in a day here in the West is a challenge. It probably is. Uh, can that still be a challenge, Cash? An old one. Yeah, it's uh, checkable. It would be checkable by Project GC, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it's a time constraint. Yeah, that's true. So they wouldn't let it pass. But you, there's still tons of old ones out there like that. That's mm -hmm. true. Uh, See, with and, Sydney back yeah. in New York there, 
get a dozen states in a day, especially those uh, little teeny ones. A dozen you have states where you can get all the counties in one day. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not New York, though. No. No. New York Rhode is Island? pretty pretty far. Rhode, Rhode Island, Island, yeah, you could get all those in one day. Delaware. Mm-hmm. You like cash the entire state of Rhode I Island. I think Rhode Island has like four or five counties. Heck, there's a Massachusetts uh, challenge you could do. It, it's every every city. It's two hundred yeah. some cities you could do, and you could you could get a. Uh, uh, that's a big favorited thing. But New York, ironically, is one of the larger states, probably up in that whole area. So it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you mentioned also, um, and I don't know if we're gonna. Uh, I guess we're gonna allow See, this. But you mentioned Montana. Hey. See, now I was being generous there just because okay. Montana is not claimed by any other region. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really wants Rocky Mountains, I'll, I guess. I'll tell no. You. no, we're not claiming it. Not claiming the it? City, there you go. Y'all can claim it. The city I live in, in Tacoma, Washington, has more people than the entire state of Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Believe so, it. Yeah, you know. Um, this one I did a couple of years ago. I was driving my parents back from Ohio to Washington. And uh, it's a military history series, Little Bighorn. We all know Little Bighorn. I've been there. Heard about it? I've been to Little Bighorn. Yeah. There's a virtual there. And, uh, you know, we we drove through. In fact, uh, you you drive through and you stop. And, you know, there's a sign here. Call this number. Put in this code. And it will tell you, you know, the history of the spot you're at. Mm -hmm. That would be fabulous for a geocache. How can we do that? <laughs> That'd be fabulous. And it was, uh, I was shocked that at several of those signs, I didn't have cell reception. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, there's a phone call. You can make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, GC6F, uh, GC6F9E uh is the cash for that but all of them are in the show notes so take a look at those so um all right we'll allow that one so you have some personal favorites tell us a little bit about your personal favorites uh yes one of my favorites way up north here in washington state there's okay because we're old we call it a new highway oh. the highway wasn't there several years ago it is now okay and uh it's up north and it takes you through some spectacular scenery if you're driving through you've got an extra day take highway 20 up north in washington and you won't regret it even if you're not caching you need to Mm -hmm. drive highway 20 cool um there's a cache there at washington pass it's creatively named washington pass cache (laughs) and uh it happens to be my highest elevation cache find i was just playing around with project gc the other day and it's like oh look at that that's my highest elevation how high Um, is that one by the way do you I don't to look it up. I'll let you look it up here in a minute, but okay. Um, um I want to say, you know, under 5,000 feet. Oh, okay. So we're not talking, you know, a fort a 14er like right. Colorado, but you know, we have a 14er here in the state. It's called Mount Rainier. Yeah. That's, it, that's not an easy one to get <laughs> up. <laughs> trying trying to get up to the top of Mount Rainier. Yeah, that's a Now that's a hike. Yeah, that's exactly. a that's a dangerous hike. You better know what you're doing if you're doing that one. Because it's so, from my understanding, I'll, that's not an easy one to do. No, so. that's not an easy one. It's a, it's a multi day. You know, go up to a base camp, you know, mm-hmm. acclimate yourself and keep going. So, um, but Washington Pass, you you come out to a point 
on the the cliff where you can look down and see the road winding beneath you. It's just spectacular. Very cool. Um, another one that I did for a milestone cache, I want to say it was my 500th, was, okay, this is an odd name. I'll give you that. It's Here the comes. bloated festering head of my first victim. <laughs> the bl- the bloated <laughs> festering head of my first victim. Now that's yes. a name of a cache right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, you know, this one is very popular around Halloween. There tends to be, you know, a parade of people to get there. What a surprise. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you have to wade through a swamp. There's no other way to get around it. I've, I've, read logs and talk to people. Well, I'm going to try this way. I'm going to try this way. And they just couldn't find a way through. Wow. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, uh, let's see, Whitson and I went, I want to say in February, March timeframe. You where dragged a lot him of out the there? Water, huh? You dragged Jim out there for that? Yeah. Yeah. And or did he uh, drag a lot you of the water there? was frozen. So we were able to skip across on the, oh, okay. on the frozen to find it. We still went in not intentionally, but we went in and uh, it, you know, wow. You just, you just pack an extra set of clothes in the car because whatever you're wearing, yeah, you don't want to bring those in. I mean, they're, they're going to be full of swamp water and, or, mm. uh, you know, hip waders. I've, I've heard people try it with hip waders and they've gone in, you know, to the yeah. point where water's entering into the hip waders. So I don't know of a convenient way to go in there. But that's what makes it memorable. Jesse, you'll be uh, happy to hear that it's only a train four. So they didn't go crazy and just call it a train five out of, you know, oh, this is, this is rough. That sounds like my kind of cash. That sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) You can do it without special equipment. That's right. There you go. Uh, Difficulty one and a half. So I guess when you get out there. You, it's not hard to find. You can see it before you, you can get to it. But you just can't. <laughs> you just can't get to it very easily. That's right. all there is to it. So, but that makes for memorable. I mean, like you, you know, these kind of caches are they can't miss for various reasons. And I think uh, if you've been around geocaching for a while, hopefully you've had some that are like this. I mean, you still have a great remember, mem- you know, great day with you and Jim going out there to find this cache mm-hmm. and you know I don't know if Wits End would say the same thing to you about it but he might yeah yeah no it's it's one that you know we talk to people oh you're doing a milestone have you done the bloated festering head of my first victim okay I'll tell you an interesting story we were crossing a log and I had uh, you know the log was down I grabbed a branch to mm-hmm. uh, it was like I was coming down the other side and I just, I grabbed a branch to put my weight on it and it snapped hmm. and I fell against the broken snag and, oh, uh, man. You know, fell, fell right on my belly, did a pretty oh, good cut Ooh. and, and Jim's there going, Oh, great. Now I've got to call nine one one. How am I going to tell them where I am? Yes. We're out finding the bloated festering head of my first victim and my friend is hurt <laughs> and needs medical attention. <laughs> So he's your second victim, not your first victim. That's funny. So it was the only time, you know, he, he thought, oh boy, he, he watched, he was on one side and I was on the other and he, you know, saw me go down. He goes, oh boy, this is not uh, good. I got up and you're rubbed okay. some dirt in it and off I went. There you go. You're a tough guy. That's awesome. Um, I think but I still have a scar. Do you? Well, I don't. Yeah, I, I have a scar. 
You want to show the scar? No, we're no. not. Let's not do that. <laughs> that's probably not. That's probably you not know, good that, podcasting. If you don't have a scar, you haven't been geocaching. There, there you go. If you haven't bled a little bit, you're not a true geocacher, right? Exactly. I like it. Um, so, Gary, I agree mm-hmm. with you. These caches are either they're memorable either for the location, the cache itself, or getting to it. Right. And you know, and that's why people geocache. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, and I mean, all three of us would could tell stories too about places that are can't miss that we and they're and they're can't miss. I think for the same reasons you just mentioned, Chris. I mean, what what do y'all what do y'all think? No, I don't have any memorable stories. Right. <laughs> right. Not at all. You and I have some, and we've only cashed together like once, so we have stories. Uh, Sydney. No, that's what keeps you going back to geocaching. Yeah. Is no. those, you know, every day can't be like that, but, you know, every once in a while you get one like that, and it's just, it's very memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, probably my, I guess my most memorable thing was driving for two and a half days to Colorado and yes. just getting a bunch of states, a bunch of old caches. And uh, meeting meeting you guys, of course. So yeah, we, we have minus time Chris. Out there. <clears throat> minus Chris, he, he he doesn't leave Washington. Well, he does, but not very often. Yeah, I'm not allowed beyond Montana. Yep. <laughs> but you know, that's the that's the great thing. Like he said, there's there's some there there's these can't miss, and I think that some of the time, I think people don't you know you need to get out and do those kind of caches you need to find in your start start in your own area first find favorited caches or caches that people have talked about in your own area first build a little bit of you know of that and then get out and start traveling to some of these places get get you know travel up to the northwest i know it's for some people it's a a a little bit of you know an effort to get up to where chris is but it's worth it Sydney. <laughs> well, and I got to get back there. We did do, you know, we've our our geocaching is is somewhat limited up there. We did do a Earth cache in uh, Mount Rainier, but we yeah. need to. Now, why we, did you put quotes around Earth cache? Earth cache. Well, it was, it it was, it wasn't the greatest Earth cache in the world. Let's put it that way, because I've done some cool Earth caches, but but it was technically an Earth cache uh, that we did. And but we had other great memories at Mount Rainier, but I'm getting sidetracked. So <laughs> back to what we're saying is that people need to go to these can't miss north. You know, people need to find these caches, put them on your bucket list, make plans, go do them because there's there's great there's so many great experiences that you can have finding these kind of caches for various you have to reasons. Get out. You got get to get caching in the Northwest. In the Northwest. There you go. Perfect. There you go. And with that, uh, any last words, Sydney and Jesse? I've I'll never been so. in the Northwest, so I have no idea. <laughs> That's good. I've been up there, but we didn't have as much time as we'd like. And there's, they're kind of spoiled up there. They've got a lot of good caches and yeah. old caches and good types and, you know, well, and headquarters. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I think what Sydney said earlier on was good too. put them on your list. It doesn't have to be something that you're going to get done now or even by the end of the year or even, you know, five years, 
just having them on the list makes it kind of fun to think about going for them in the future. So they have a lot of good ones up there, you know, and, and you can make a big list from just the Northwest area yeah. and just something to shoot for in the future. Amen, Chris, brother. So Chris, we'll let you, we will let you then have the last word. Oh, well, I completely agree with, uh, with what your, your co-hosts have said, you know, go out and go to an event and ask the locals, you know, your, your caching, but Hey, what's an, what's a cache you went to that you remember, you know, that really stuck with you. And then, you know, when are you going again? Are you, you know, is there anybody here who hasn't gone that wants to go with me and go out and make some memories? Absolutely. Well, uh, that was very good. Uh, and a, a great list, Chris, that you brought tonight. So coming up on the show, uh, next week we're having on Doc Firewoman back on the show again. She's going to talk about what is a when is a geocaching slump a geocaching slump? Hmm. Give that some thought. Uh, and then uh, two weeks away, show sixty-two, we're going to do geocaching regrets. And some of these caches, Chris, are coming up on my geocaching regrets caches we wish we hadn't missed. I know. I still have those, and you know they could be thirty <laughs> minutes away. Why did I do that one? Right. Why didn't I go to that? Why did I do that one? Uh, and then in three weeks, we're going to take a little side tour to Munsey World. We're having on three-dimensional Rob, not flat Rob, because he wouldn't be a very good host or uh, guest on the show. But three-dimensional Rob is going to be on the show in three weeks. So anyway, He's got some depth, John. He does. If if you look close, if you look close enough, there is. Uh, so we hope you enjoy the show tonight. Please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk. Uh, my personal one is at Gary Slinkard. Jesse is at Memphis underscore mafia, and Sydney is at Shermanator GC, and Chris is now at Caching NW. I got it right. I knew I'd get it right. Um, you can catch Chris also on Thursday nights with Geo Gearheads at eight fifteen. Did, did I get it? Did I get it right? He doesn't know what time zone you're talking about. <laughs> Probably not. He's on mute, I guess, or something. I can't hear him right now. But. Uh, and then after that, later that evening, I know this one, it's at 10 o'clock, is caching in the Northwest on Thursday nights. So definitely catch Chris at that time. Uh, show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, TuneIn, App, Google Play. I've moved it on to a lot of places lately, uh, as well as the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, as I just mentioned. And um, don't forget to also click on the subscribe button below so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. Until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go to the great Northwest and go geocaching. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.